Welcome everyone. All around all around the world. <clears throat> Let's enjoy our few minutes of sitting together in the silence and stillness that is big enough to hold the whole world.
Blessed is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Good to take the time to look. Um, I'm always uh, guilty of being overly ambitious in certain ways. <laughs> um, but today, a couple of things that I'd like to include in our brief time, uh, a little, a little reminder of what we're up to. In some ways, a very small ceremony to honor 9/11, but then to step further into what it means to continue to be drawn back to each other, even when things are difficult. So I, th I think that our work our time in, in this venue and in inquiry, which is quite precious to us, I think, um, orients us towards awakening, hence the, the name inquiry, we're inquiring deeply into the mystery, uh, orients us towards awakening, which is our practice. Remember in Zen practice, whether it's the practice of awakening, not the practice toward awakening. And we are orienting toward each other because our relationships are the ground of that awakening. So this is kind of a, a reminder. So you know this, I reference and utilize things uh, whatever I can each week that invites us not only to step into that mystery and to meet each other with curiosity, but um, to do so in a way that's uh, situated and grounded in the everyday. So I'll use something that's happening or uh, something I've received from someone because I want us to, I want our practice to be grounded in the lives that we're actually living, but as a way to touch something uh, beyond uh, the ordinary two. Because if it's not grounded, then uh, there's this great line in the Vimalakirti Sutra where uh, they, they talk about. Um, 
attempting to build temples in the sky. There was no foundation. Um, so fantasies that go with spirituality so often, uh, hopes for the future, heaven later, you know, and then missing the present, uh, embodiment, uh, loving presence with other people now. So I, I think that that orientation is important to remember. And also, in a way, I think that what it, what it feels like to me is that we're always practicing the refuges, uh, the Buddha, uh, Dharma, and Sangha. We're always returning. Our practices orient us, I, I make this gesture, uh, toward our nature as Buddhas. Not, we're not taking refuge in some guy or, or woman, uh, Buddha, to, but to the Buddha in us and then the, in the ones that we meet uh, on the screen or in person. So we're always returning to our true nature that uh, as these um, kind of miraculous and very temporary and stumbly creatures that we are. And I think in the process, we're, it's like fanning the embers of awakening, you know, when you have just a little something that you want to keep going, which can lie dormant for a while, but it's there in the ashes or the the layers of our lives that we, we can can call it forward. So we return to Buddha, to our true nature. We return to Dharma, returning to the truth of the matter, the way things actually are, rather than continually following simply our more limited um, conditioned personal perspectives. It's kind of like filtered through the smoke of our conditioning from those fires. The fires of loss and anger and discontent. And, and not only returning to our true nature and the way things are with a clearer eye and a more open heart, but returning to each other, Sangha, the third of the triple treasure, and our community, um, because we're human mammals that require each other, and we're drawn toward the fire of the other uh, for warmth, for meaning, for care, for touch and for kindness. It's just natural. So these are things that we practice and these are three ways in which we keep returning. And I think as we practice in this way with some intention uh, to remember our uh, natural awakened state and some willingness to do so, enmeshed in these um, relationships that we have, which are always complex. Um, it calls forward all of that, which does not feel very much like care or ease in relationships. We, we run into each other and we find the difficulties. And sometimes those things are just a misunderstanding, uh, a broken agreement, a disappointment. And sometimes they're like wars, and like planes running into buildings. and. And the warmth that we're drawn to in relationships sometimes feels like it's burning us. You know, the Buddha taught about tending the fire of every moment. He said, the whole world is burning. Um, but he said to build a container, an earth bank, to contain the fire of aliveness, which is the fuel for awakening and in warm relationships. 
So I'm, I'm saying all this to point us towards our practice of awakening, as always, and the complexity of our necessary relationships. Um, we say when we chant the refuges, um, I take refuge in, in Sangha, you know, bringing harmony to everyone free from hindrance. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> and to situate this in our um, in our lives, but also in the lives of um, the teachers and the teachings that we receive, and other people in our lives who are willing to ask more of us than we are willing to ask of ourselves. You know, you've heard me say many times, this is a the definition of a good friend or a partner or a teacher, someone who in a wholesome way will, you know, wise and compassionate will ask more of you than you're willing to ask of yourself. Not aggressive or demanding, but inviting more than you might do on your own. And so we do this together. So I want to start because I don't to, to leave it out with, um, Yesterday, September 11th, 2023, 22 years after the, the fires of 9-11. And I thought when I made a note of the time, it's like, gosh, a lot of us have children or grandchildren who weren't around then. It's been 22 years. It seems strange, doesn't it? That, I mean, I, as an older person, I think it seems strange. So what comes now from the ash and how can we invite awakening and turn toward each other, these essentials of practice and our inquiry? Not, not simply by grieving or saying, it wasn't that an awful thing. That's all true, but what can inform and encourage and deepen us in the service of awakening and deepening care for each other now? So I thought, without talking a lot about the event and all the things we could reflect on, I just want to, by repeating a, a, a beautiful poem by former poet laureate Billy Collins, the names, uh, we'll just have a small service in a way. And some of you know this poem or have seen it, or it's easy to find. So just just listen. And those of you that are not um, from the United States, you know, this reverberates everywhere, of course. <clears throat> Here is uh, Billy Collins. Yesterday, I lay awake in the palm of the night. A soft rain stole in, unhelped by any breeze. And when I saw the silver glaze on the windows, I started with A, with Ackerman. As it happened, then Baxter and Calabro, Davis and Eberling, names falling into place as droplets fell through the dark, names printed on the ceiling of night, names slippering around a watery bend, 
26 willows in the banks of a stream. In the morning, I walked out barefoot among thousands of flowers, heavy with dew like the eyes of tears, and each had a name. Fiore, inscribed on a yellow petal. Then Gonzalez and Han, Ishikawa and Jenkins, names uh, written in the air and stitched into the cloth of the day. A name under a photograph taped to a mailbox. Monogram on a torn shirt. I, I see you spelled out on storefront windows and on the bright unfurling awnings of this city. I say the syllables as I turn a corner. Kelly and Lee. Medina. Nardella. And O'Connor. When I peer into the woods, I see a thick tangle where letters are hidden, as in a puzzle concocted for children, Parker and Quigley. In the twigs of an ash, Rizzo, Schubert, Torres, Upton. Secrets in the boughs of an ancient maple. Names written in the pale sky. Names rising in the updraft amid buildings. Names silent in stone or cried out behind a door. Names blown over the earth and out to sea. In the evening, weakening light, the last swallows. A boy on a lake lifts his oars. A woman by a window puts a match to a candle and the names are outlined on the rose clouds, Vanacor and Wallace. And in parentheses, he writes, let X stand if it can for the ones unfound. Then Young and Zeminski, the final jolt of Z. Names etched on the head of a pen. One name spanning a bridge, another undergoing a tunnel, a blue name needled into the skin. Names of citizens, workers, mothers, fathers, the bright-eyed daughter, the quick son. Alphabet of names in a green field. Names in the small tracks of birds. Names lifted from a hat or balanced on the tip of a tongue. <clears throat> names wheeled into the dim Warehouse of memory, so many names, so many names. There's barely room on the walls of a heart. So that's our small service. It's a bit long, I know, but it's it. That's what services are for—to take the time. 
And there is the grief, of course, in the poem. There's the remembering, there's the naming, like, like chanting. And he, of course, embeds all this in nature. And I love that image of him walking out barefoot into the forest uh, because it feels so um, intimate and undefended. You know, there's so much vulnerability in it. Which I think is a way that the poet's saying that this is the way we must move in partnership with the inconceivable, with the horrible, with the exquisite beauty that every moment brings. Um, a little more naked sometimes. But spanning a bridge, going through a tunnel also in our cities. How, how do we live? Uh, there's, a, there's a question woven in there. How do we live with the consequences of of love and hope and loss and the riptide of longing that keeps pulling us toward each other, even as we misunderstand and hurt each other. And I'm talking about us, not some theoretical people. Us, in our sangha, in our relationships. Uh, this is the only place we're going to be taught and that's the function of community. It's the function of Sangha. Committed to care and continuation. Um, <laughs> oh, there's alliteration. Community committed to care and continuation. The, we keep ourselves going. So I want to turn now in my ramblings to um, an American mystic. And I won't say a lot about her because there's so much to say. And I'm no expert on Emily Dickinson but an unusual and powerful young woman, for those of you that know anything about her, uh, apparently frail, but you wouldn't want to tangle with her, her fiery strength. Uh, I think of like getting close to her and her poems, it, like it singes the edge of your clothing sometimes. And so I'm going to... Um, um, share my screen with this poem uh, it's very short but because her words are so unusual i want you to see them it's a little easier i think um see if i can navigate this with not too much difficulty uh, let's see here there we go can you see that number 1383 long years apart can make no breach a second cannot fill the absence of the witch does not invalidate the spell the embers of a thousand years uncovered by the hand that fondled them when they were fire will stir and understand long years apart can make no breach a second, cannot fill. The absence of the wish does not invalidate the spell. And the embers of a thousand years, uncovered by the hand that fondled them when they were fire, will stir and understand. And I know for some of us, um, I include myself in this, this kind of poetry is the kind of poetry you sometimes find um, 
you know, when you're in school and you think, what the heck, you know, <laughs> um, it's a little bit like when we're reading a Dogen and you wonder, well, now, now what is, what is being said here? Uh, and I'm indebted to uh, others for helping me. Um, because the poem points, I think, to the way friendships endure across time. A lot of circumstances, even misunderstandings and when things break. And it's akin to fire, the, the heat of connection and also the friction of moving with and often against each other in the Sangha, in our deep spiritual friendships, with co-workers and marriages with children, of course in politics, but this, and the fire that brings us together for warmth also can burn and hurt us at times. But I think she acknowledges that the, the light of these relationships continues to draw us together, even so. Long years apart can make no breach a second can't fill. Have you ever been with a friend you haven't seen in a long time? Long years apart, and yet the absence of the witch does not invalidate the spirit spell. And, and she writes in that second that the hand that fondled them when they were fire. Wow, you don't think of fondling fire, do you? Fondling sounds like something you do, something tender, you know. You might think of warming your hands with fire, but not fondling it. We're usually burnt by fire. So I think she she's telling us that friendships can burn, even among well-meaning and caring people. And she's no idealist. She's not saying how lovely and easy our friendships and relationships are. Isn't it wonderful to love each other? That's true. But she's suggesting that we fondle, that's a powerful word, that we are intimate with these burning things, these things that are hard. And yet we keep coming back to them. We keep coming back to each other. And the kinds of friendships that meet again and again across difficult encounters can be some of the ones that are that last the longest even after thousands of years she said if we care enough to listen and to experiment with taking it someone else's position for a little bit to learn to wait to learn patience and to be committed to repair what's broken to attend to what's ruptured in the service of something larger. Something that then will stir and understand, she said at the very end of the poem. So when we run into each other, where does this stuff start? You remember I told the story a week or two ago, maybe of Dongshan, asking his teacher, when I leave, and someone asks about what your teachings are, what do I say? And Yunyan replied, just this is it. Now this, this is what we have. But there's another part of the story, um, which we often tell. I know Josh has used this also recently, or, or he, he likes this part of the story. When he's about to leave, Dongshan is about to leave, Yunyan says, after your departure, 
it'll be hard to meet again. But Dongshan says, it will be hard not to meet. It will be hard not to meet. We're always going to be meeting ourselves. We're always going to be meeting each other over and over. As we find our way through these necessary landscapes and territories of anger and grief and recognition and emptiness and joy and making a channel that grace can move through where mercy can be received and, and maybe offered just like all of those names and as i was investigating this amazing short piece by emily dickinson i was looking at some reflections that the irish poet padre otuma which i've mentioned to you before was making about this and these are his words listen to what he says he says, there's one more thing to say. <laughs> I have an Irish accent in my head now when I'm reading it. There's one more thing to say about this that I think is really interesting. Is the embers of a thousand years uncovered by the hand that fondled them when they were fire will stir and understand. He said, it's just that last word, understand. And he says, and that, to my mind, almost implies that there has been the possibility of misunderstanding or some kind of neglect or something that was ununderstandable between people who love each other or who are connected. And that's what sometimes made me think that this, this last line, this is a promise rather than a reflection, that she's thinking about the future rather than thinking about the past we stir and understand we will understand we stir and and understand it's like a promise it's like that's what's going to happen and that's part of the he says in his mind that's the glory of emily dickinson for him it's her playing between past present and future you know it's what our zen teachers do and i think of friendships that have had long periods of misunderstanding There can be great intensity in friendships, including spiritual friendships. But then, you know, people pair up and they get close or somebody moves away. Somebody doesn't like their decision. And you think we're strongly connected, but this decision has come between us. And Padre says, and I love what she's saying, is that there are certain spells, certain embers that with time and the future will recollect their earliest original fire and will come back. And there are ancestors' story about these spells, certain embers that with time in the future will recollect in that original fire. And there's one more little story. You remember the one I've told you about Guishan? And he's taking care of his teacher, Baijan. And it must have been cold because there were, Guishan was sitting in the zindo and, and um, Baijan came in and, and saw him sitting there. And he, he, he's like saying, um, it's cold. Will you poke around in the fire and find some there? Maybe there's some burning charcoal and we get the fire going again, warm us up. And Guishan poked around, he didn't find anything, and he said, Nope, it's out. There's no more burning coal. So Baijang, the old teacher, comes and with his poker, he digs around in the ash and pulls out a glowing piece of charcoal and says, Is this not a burning piece?
And I think the story is about digging into the darkness and finding the embers of aliveness or in our relationships, digging into the dark places when we've had difficulties, overcoming uh, whatever reticence we might have to discover who we really are and who others are, including that shadowy stuff that we don't want to see. <clears throat> so I'll ask all of you to find the strength to plunge into the darkness all around and to find a way to, uh, to live together, to have a life together, even when it's difficult. Even if someone... Well, even if sometimes we feel burned by actions or words from someone that we trusted, even when someone leaves unexpectedly and we're surprised and we feel alone or abandoned, even when we're disappointed because we realize there's no ultimate savior, no perfect partner, no perfect teacher or friend, and we have to be responsible for our own lives. Even when there are years between our meetings and but can't we still recognize the connection and the love that was there? That's still deep in the ash. Long years apart can make no breach a second cannot fill. The absence of the witch does not invalidate the spell. The embers of a thousand years uncovered by the hand that fondled them when they were far will stir and understand, will stir, and understand, will stir, and understand. And so what, what's stirring of this day? Instead of fondling fire, you fondle a little icon that raises your hand. <laughs> Speaking of years. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know, can you, you can hear me? Yes, I can hear you and see you, yes. That, that's why I raised my hand. <laughs> I feel like this is a, a very timely reflection for my first time seeing you in inquiry here. <laughs> um, uh, where are you? Uh, I am in Florida, um, New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Um, just, yeah, really, really good to see you. And I feel like... Uh, yeah, the seconds, the years have melted away in, in one second. <laughs> ah, how's your health? It's been really good um, now. Uh, it wasn't um, a few months ago. I, I've been on and off of a few different types of insulin trying to treat the cystic fibrosis-related diabetes. Um, the first round a couple of years ago, I, I got, I think if I had been on it for another week, I probably would have not been here. Um, the second round was just uh, three months ago, and I made it, the first round was fast acting, the second one was long acting, and I like to describe it as the fast acting hit me fast with the sickness, the long acting was a slow decline. Um, so I'm, I'm back to just uh, wellness practices, nutrition, diet, I've got some supplements I found that are really working, some herbs. Um, I don't know that that's a, a permanent long-term solution, but it's working for now. I feel a lot more vitality than I did um, a few months ago when I started the insulin. 
it was a couple month period where I declined and ended up in the hospital. And then it was meeting Western medicine and all of its glory <laughs> um, and failings in a way. Um, but it was deeply reorienting. I, I checked myself out of the hospital after four days and just decided to, you know, try and uh, do this from a different route. And it's working for the time being. So After health all- is very, very good. Uh, also returning, you know, not that I had stepped off of the mat completely, but um, definitely reoriented me back to, you know, more uh, of walking on the path. <laughs> so that that helps. Um, but after all these years, you're still here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and as are you. <laughs> and here we are together. <laughs> here we are together. Amazing. Thank yeah. you for, for uh, stepping forward. Yeah. I, I I wanted to, and then there was a long pause, and I, I thought now is the now is the time. So. <laughs> Not now. When else would it be? You know. So. But I, I really, really thank you for that reflection. I feel like that was, you know, serendipitous. So yeah. Take good care of yourself. Take our love yeah. with you. That strange line about the absence of the witch does not invalidate the spell. I I love that because it's so odd. We use a witch, but uh, sometimes even when our closest friends are not there or our teachers or whatever, uh, it's like there's something that has taken, you know, that's rekindled. And Sheila? So good to be here and to see everybody. Um, I just wanted to come forward to add a name to the list. (laughs) Um, This is the second anniversary of my mom's death. Mm -hmm. And her name is Ida. Ida. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to bring that. I have been experiencing it so sort of fascinating to me how um, 9-11 and my mom's death have somehow sort of come together um, in a in a grieving sort of way in me. And um, excuse me. So it's it's wonderful to remember mm-hmm. um, and and to continue to grieve, I think. Which is continue to love. Yes. And to remember. Yes. To be put back together, to reconnect. And when you just said that about the witch, <laughs> the spell is still there. There's that. The, the witch is absent. Not that, that my mother was a witch at all, but in no, her no, own no, way, she sort of, yeah, yeah. There is that uh, element in everybody, that archetype, I think, of of that mystery of, you know, the witch. But, yeah, well, so thank all, you. There, there are spells that, spells that we carry. Psychology calls them other things. Um, but there are those spells that we carry that we have to, in some ways, come to terms with, undo, and find a new relationship with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's and, part of what our, our being together and our sitting and our practices help us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she, I've, I've thought a lot today about 
how how much I learned from being close to her. We were very close. In fact, growing up very, really, I was, I didn't know for a long time that we were separate. I mean, we were very, so, so it, it, it's been the separation that I experienced with her death was really helpful in a lot of ways that I didn't expect for me to finally feel um, grown up myself. Maybe I don't yeah, know. We, but, sometimes it takes a whole lifetime to yeah. begin to understand the difference between separation and individuation. Right. Right. You can be separated and not individuated at all. Yes. And you can be individuated and be close. Yeah. In fact, it's about the only way to do that. <laughs> but those are interesting uh, edges and boundaries and territories to explore. Yes. yes. So thank you. And thank you, everyone, for holding this this day. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rosemary. Rosemary. Mm -hmm. Hi, Flint, and thank you. Um, so what your talk was making me think about was all of my relationships in the Sangha that I've made since I've mm -hmm. been with the group three and a half years ago I started. And it's such a um, learning experience for me in terms of relationships because I'm involved all the time and it doesn't always go smoothly and yet there we are again and and they reconstitute when things change and um it's it's really quite um wonderful actually to see how how things um can progress even when there is conflict at times yeah. um and that's some of what i was speaking to certainly it's just like living on a small island like I do. It's, um, one of my friends said one time, people who live on small islands or have long toes. But it, it's an old phrase that means you step on each other so easily. And then you, but there's nowhere to go. You're in this small community, then you got to figure it out. And yeah. that's the practice. That's not a bit an impediment to the practice. That's the practice. Yeah, you just keep going. And keep like, oh, what would we do with this now? Yeah, I feel singed. Yeah, I feel the, the fire that I'm drawn to now has burned me a little bit. What do we do? The other thing I was thinking about is that, um, I, and this was happening during the sitting, you know, mm -hmm. actually it started with the bell where yeah. um, my, it went right to my heart. And and I I was thinking that, with conflicts with people that um, the words sometimes become too much. And sometimes just being without the words together can, um, can reconnect 
us. Yeah, absolutely. And we certainly notice that in um, sometimes longer retreats where we don't have very much opportunity to speak, but we have a lot of time sitting next to people. And we watch, it's like um, a limited series on Netflix or something. It's like episode after episode after episode, and it keeps changing when, when nothing's actually happening, except yes. then we begin to realize, oh, this is how it goes. And then to turn to someone actually. Yeah. So thank you. And thanks for, for saying what you did. It really brings it home. Appreciate that. Thank you, Flint. And everybody. <clears throat> Mari. Unmute. Voila. <laughs> so I have something that's a I don't know, somehow it's related. It's just something I'm thinking about. Um it's about attachment. <clears throat> and um um it seems to me uh it's so easy it's so easy to attach and 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 probably what I do is inappropriately attach. Maybe that's the deal. That's what we call clinging. What? That's clinging. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's another way to think about it. There's the, the attachment that has to do with uh, a wholesome human relation attachment. But then there's the attachment that's the grasping or clinging or. Exactly. Those kind of things. That, that's, yeah. Yeah, I've really been noticing um, <clears throat> noticing that in the history of my life, of a lot of clinging, and on the other hand, pushing away, and probably pushing away what I should have <laughs> not to, and letting it, you know, so that, and I guess that kind of boils, if I had to give a reason why that is, is it's insecure attachment, you know, at the beginning, so. But um, then, we all have our rhythms and shapes and flavors of that. Um, so I guess the bottom line to that, I've just been thinking about it and thinking the bottom line to it, I guess, is just the awareness of, of what's going on at the moment. And to be in relationships that you have enough faith in, enough trust in, in which you, you can help each other. Mm where you can, like, if it's okay to talk about our relationship just for a second, you know, we've known each other a long time mm -hmm. and we've known each other in different circumstances mm -hmm. uh, and where we've been different things to each other. And so there are times when drawn together or you might get upset or you might want, need something or, you, might, you know, this, these things happen. We, mm -hmm. we do. And, but by the commitment to stay, and to keep looking deeper, uh, some, it, then that's like a, a life worth living. Those are relationships that are our life. Mm -hmm. It's not, not perfect. Nothing is getting fixed. It's getting lived. Mm. 
Okay. Can you talk a little bit more about that? That's what I always talk about. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. <laughs> That's, that's what all of this is about, is how we uh, stop trying to be perfected and get it all right so now once and for all we can be settled and say, oh, this is what it's like to be together. And these are some guidelines mm -hmm. our practice offers us. We have some precepts. We have some refuges. We have bodhisattva vow. We have times of being silent together. We work together. We run into each other. We cause problems. We get mad. We come back. We solve it. And that's the that's the container of that's the earth bank that the Buddha said to the third noble truth. Mm. And that's, that's as good as it gets, you know? Mm -hmm. Continue. And when we don't, when we turn away, it will pursue us. And it can go as far as thinking it's a good idea to take down large skyscrapers. And, and those are just dramatic examples, you know, but it can go that far if we don't, we're not cared for in ways that make sense and understood in the way that makes sense to us and appreciated and valued. So our yeah. vow is to be that in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I know all that stuff on a certain level, but sometimes, you know, things arise. They do arise and they will continue to arise. That will not stop. And so we do these things, which helps this arise. These moments arise as an antidote. Yeah, it's really important. It is. This to me, that's why I show up. <laughs> me too. Thank you for what you offer in the Sangha. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Good questions for everybody. Those are really good. We have been. Yay, Ben. Hi, Flint. Good to see you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Good to see you. Um, so I have a couple of questions, but um, maybe I'll just focus on, on one. Um, so you mentioned the ember in, in the fire and, and, and finding that that ember and reigniting that and that kind of linking to relationships. Um, and something that I've been finding very challenging recently, I don't want to go into too much detail in the backstory, but it's with a family member. And clearly there is a, a, an ember there that's still very much glowing. Um, but how does, how does one know when to continue to try and reignite that flame versus, do you know what, actually this is just too hard and it all feels like one way. Now, I get that that's my narrative, and if you spoke to my brother, that would be probably very, very different. Um, but I'm just finding it because I'm flip-flopping all the time between ego going, well, I've reached out, I've done so, there's only so much I can do. Um, but then, you know, it's, I'm waking up in the middle of the night just doing 
you know, just doing this kind of flip-flopping side of things. So, yeah, I just um, wondered if you had any any thoughts or guidance on yeah, such I, matters. Part of your answer is embedded in the way you're speaking uh, because you're you're saying that you realize it's, um, this is a, a two-handed game. You can't do it all. Uh, you can offer. Uh, you can experiment. You can try this. You can try that. But that's based on the ember of longing, of wanting to reconnect. And sometimes you get too close to the fire and you get burned. Sometimes it seems really chilly and cold because there's nothing, no warmth coming. You can't find it. Yeah. So, so you have to you have to keep investigating to see what's there. And there are times when you have to, we realize there's not, and, and there may be long periods of time of waiting. And maybe even letting go of the expectation that it will turn out a certain way. I don't know how it'll turn out. I don't know if this brother or friend or whoever will ever come toward me. All I'm going to do is open the door and turn on a light and tend the fire and make a cup of tea and see if someone will come and sit down with me. They may not. And then we're left with the way of loving that person and call grief. If we're not slamming the door with anger or turning away in difficulty or turning it back on ourselves in shame or guilt. There are lots of ways to occlude what we think is an open doorway. So how do we keep the door open without the demand that someone walk through it, just the invitation. And the part that's keeping you up at night, I'm not, I'm sure that's just sort of a questioning, a, the unmet longing, the, am I doing the right thing? Am I? Yeah. You can't, you, you can't know the answer to that. You're doing what you can. And to, ha and to have some confidence that, well, I'm, I'm doing what I can. And this person may or may not respond. I, I, can't do that part i can do my part um, and, and we feel our impotence and yet our deep longing and commitment at the same time and those two come together that's a vulnerable place to live but that's what we're being taught as we sit together and practice together talk like this and also to be nourished by you know, I'm not the only one, but you know, even though there are times when I might not see you, that ember is always here. I don't forget you. I'm still holding you, even though you don't know it. And I think you carry some of me. And, and that's some of the antidote to the ones that that seem to be lost. I don't forget you. Thank you. So let's enjoy our uh, <clears throat> our uh, um, our final chant. I caught in the self-centered dream only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way.
caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Papamata's programs and facilities are supported through your generosity and your support makes a huge difference. There's a link for contributions on the website and I'll put it here in the chat as well. And please feel free to stay afterwards if you'd like and uh, chat with Maria. Thank you everyone. Mm -hmm.